Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. On Sunday, US MT England and Iran fans will learn who their final Group B opponent is as Europe's qualification process for this year's World Cup comes to an end. In one corner, a Welsh side led by Gareth Bale, desperate to end a 64-year absence from the tournament. In the other, a Ukrainian side that has captured the world's hearts amid a brutal and bloody war in their homeland, looking to give their people something to celebrate. I'm joined by Michael LaHood and a very special guest, Andrew Todos, a British-Ukrainian soccer journalist and the founding member of the fantastic Twitter account, Soriel Londonsk, to look ahead to Sunday's epic clash at the Cardiff City Stadium. Kego Lasso begins right now. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Kego Lasso. Kego Lasso pod on Twitter, youtube.com forward slash Kego Lasso CBS Sports and your CBS Sports app. This is uh, the final the final European spot here for the World Cup as uh, Wales hosts Ukraine. Unbelievable stuff. We'll also talk about Group B in itself, a lot of conversations, and uh, we have a special guest as well. Before all of that, Michael LaHood, how are you, buddy? I'm doing well and swell. Can't wait for today's show. And really, we're getting into the business end of the international break. Absolutely. Andrew, an absolute pleasure to have you on the show. How are you, my friend? I'm great, thanks. Uh, Looking forward to chatting a bit about Ukraine ahead of the biggest game in recent history. Absolutely. And just to confirm, Andrew, you're in London right now, right? Right now, yep, and we'll be heading to Cardiff for the match uh, on Sunday. Absolutely fantastic, and I see the Ukrainian colors in the background. Beautiful to see. All right, well, we're going to get into it, everybody, of course, with uh, Michael LaHood and our very special guest, Andrew Todos, as well. We'll talk about Wales-Ukraine. We'll take a little break. Then we'll discuss about, you know, uh, a little bit from a qualifying perspective, you know, We'll go Wales first, then Ukraine, and then we'll do some predictions, some Group B chatter, etc. Before we get into that, by the way, Andrew, I wanted to first talk to you about something, obviously, that's much bigger than than football, obviously, as, as the world really just uh, continues to witness, you know, Russia's illegal invasion of Ukraine and just how the heroism of your people, uh, all the way from the soldiers to the families to the children and sort of uh, mirrored really on on the football pitch. It was honestly inspiring. And we're going to talk about the game itself as well. But, you know, Alexander Sinchenko, uh, after the Scotland win, said, we all understand that the game with Wales will no longer be about physical condition or tactics. It will be a game of survival. Everyone will fight to the end and give their all because we will play for our country. Andrew, before we get into the teams themselves, can you just tell us a little bit about the mood among Ukrainians heading into this game. I mean, I can't even begin to imagine, nor I would dare to. I just like marvel at the heroism of your people. Can you just talk to me about what it felt like uh, watching it, I guess, and and the win afterwards? Yeah, so I was in the stadium for Hamden, uh, Hamden Park on Wednesday, and it was, uh, it was a truly emotional atmosphere. Uh, when the full-time whistle went, 
there were people in tears in the Ukraine sector. Some people were just head in their hands, sort of trying to comprehend what had just happened. I guess after 90 minutes of one of the best Ukrainian performances that fans have seen in a very long time. And some people were saying possibly even the best. The question that I guess would have to be asked is how how would how would everyone else back home would be feeling? Because during the game there were air raid sirens going off. So some people had to go down to their bomb shelters to stay safe. People were probably watching on their phones, um, on their laptops, wherever. There was a curfew that came in at half time across the country. So from about 11 until 5 a.m., people weren't allowed outside the houses. So bars, um, squares, etc., weren't allowed to show it. So people were quietly watching. There were people on the front lines watching, on, listening on the radio as well. And in general, I think it was a, it was a very uh, emotional performance. I think the players held themselves very well together. Uh, they were professional on the pitch. There were no sort of hard emotions that you could see hit them until the final whistle went when Dobvik scored in the last seconds. He didn't even really have the energy to sort of start screaming or anything like that. And the other players just dropped to the ground and were like, yes, we've done the fir- we've done the first part of this. Now onto the big one against Wales and we're 90 or 120 minutes away from uh, Qatar. Andrew, given the fact that there's a war going on in Ukraine, does football feel like a trivial matter as the country defends itself against a Russian invasion? You'd probably say it would be at the very start of the invasion back in uh, February when everything was up mm-hmm. in the air. People were like, is football ever going to return? The UPL, the Ukrainian Premier League, was meant to return from its winter break of two months on the 26th of February, but the invasion, full-scale invasion, began on the 24th. So that was meant to happen. And in general, people are like, listen, the cities are being bombed, etc. We can care less about football. However, as the situation settled a bit in terms of people acclimatised to the situation, they got a bit desensitised to, you know, living amongst war across the whole country. You know, some people in the air raid sirens go on now, they literally don't even go down to the go down to the bomb shelter. They're like, listen, I'll, I'll, I'll take my luck and just stay in the apartment. However, there are i could say since the war and obviously since the realization that this match will take place obviously it was postponed i think people have been become getting more and more uh, excited because the national team is a bit of this unifying symbol factor yeah. on a sporting stage and obviously because football is the largest uh, sport in the world and the one with the biggest audience it's one where they can show that Ukraine is still very much defiant, surviving, carrying on, uh, living, and sort of the fact that Vladimir Putin and Russia want to destroy Ukraine. It's another testament that they're performing on the pitch, and then there's so much support for them on top of that. So it completely goes against their um, terrible uh, war crimes narrative. Yeah, that's that's exactly what yeah. I got. I, I just, aside from the literal victory on the pitch, it, it, there's like a symbolism here where it's like, we are not going away. We yeah. will fight to the end, whether that's on a football pitch or, of course, you know, in, in the atrocities 
of war. It really was incredible. And, and to be honest, to your point, um, I was incredibly surprised. Uh, and that's no disrespect because before the war, of course, Ukraine is a very good team. We know about the talent that they have. But given the fact that the domestic league finished, you know, it was the winter break and then war happened and then they had to go to Slovenia. And then obviously, you know, the full uh, team wasn't together until the seasons ended. They didn't even play a competitive game uh, for like six months. And then they faced Wales at Hampden Park and they outplayed them. So it was unbelievable, Michael, just how good this Ukrainian side was against Scotland. What strikes me about this team, when you talk about not playing together for six months, you look at the DNA of this team. Let's go back before this World Cup qualifying round. There are talented players that are on the U-20 national team. They did something a bit special a couple of years ago. They won the U-20 World Cup. When you have talent like that coming through the ranks, that is going to, just the fruit of that's going to show itself. And it's starting to do that with this Ukrainian team. And you go one step further, look at the level some of their key players are playing at. Biggest leagues in the world, Syria, the English Premier League. I think of Yarmolenko for West Ham, Zinchenko coming off a Premier League title. These were some of the players that really stood out and their professionalism and really their leadership was what caught my eye. On top of that, you could say that Alexander Petrakov, the actual Ukraine manager, was the manager of that under-20 yeah, World Cup. That's right. yeah. So he's actually sort of nurtured the majority of his squad over the you know the last decade. Mm. They've all come through his team in the under-19s and then the under-20s. Obviously, he won with that squad and a big chunk, well, a, a fair few players that featured in that World Cup campaign will be in the squad uh, against Wales. Similarly, other new and more exciting players are arriving, such as uh, the cameo from Mihailo Mudrik. I think he caught the eye from a lot of people, and I'm sure that there'll be a lot of interest coming through uh, in the summer for him. And just in general, there, I think it started under Andriy Shevchenko's era of, um, of management, when he, you could say, instilled this unity among the players, where I think they've got a bit of self-belief. They understand that we're not, entirely uh, a team that should be this perennial underdog. And even though obviously in the current circumstances look hard for the fitness levels and all that kind of thing, I think they've got enough self-belief to know that they can make the World Mm -hmm. Cup if they do. This is what I love about the beautiful game. And it really is beautiful in its essence. I go back to even other parts of the world. Cote d'Ivoire, they were embroiled in war going to only a couple World Cups ago. And it was this nationalism and really this unifier that was soccer that brought everyone together and sent them to the World Cup. And there's just something about this Ukrainian team. They're young, they're hungry. And there was something that I was reading after the match where players were describing getting messages of hope from Ukraine saying, hey, you guys take care of what's happening on the field. We'll take care of what's happening back at home. And that's just so powerful. It's it's really inspirational. Yeah, let's not forget, you know, they reached the quarterfinals in Euro 2020 under Andrei Shevchenko. Uh, that's the, their best ever positioning in, in Europe. You know, so the, obviously there's uh, differences now, uh, you know, now as we look at what they did at Hampden Park. But this is a team to really think about the fact that it doesn't matter that this is in Cardiff, Andrew. This team can really do something. So let's do this. Let's just now focus uh on the game here against Wales from a Ukrainian perspective, from a football perspective, we'll take a break and then we'll jump into Wales. How, 
how how are they looking as they look at this game? Uh, I've heard some good quotes, specifically from Sinchenko, who, by the way, used as a midfielder for Ukraine. I love that. Uh, you know, and it, it makes uh, no harm when you also work under the carriage of Pe Guardiola. So it, that's pretty good. But uh, who are you looking at here from a Ukrainian perspective and what they can do against this Welsh side? Because we'll get into the Welsh side in a second. It's not just about Gareth Bell. They do have some other good players that also didn't feature in that friendly against Poland. So what, where are we looking at here from a Ukrainian perspective as they get ready for Sunday's game against Wales? Well, I think we'll start with the problem areas, maybe. Uh, Jorge yeah. Bustram in goal uh, didn't have the best performance on on Wednesday. I think that was more to do with maybe he's not had that competitive action for a while. and needs The to nerves a little in. bit, maybe, right? Yeah. yeah, he needs to settle in, in, in the goal. And I think that just based on to keep continuity, he'll still start on Sunday. On top of that, uh, certainly, I think we need to look into Zinchenko. Yeah, he, he's basically a mercurial player in that midfield, and if needed, he can be all over all over the the middle of the park. So he can double up in out the left mid if he needs to with Mikolenko and uh, Tsehankov. Mm-hmm. Whoever's going to be playing there, we've also seen Andrew. Stop the Welsh Pirlo, Andrew, as well. Make sure uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll get him exactly. to him in a second. Yeah. That uh, would be uh, obviously Tarastepanenko's job, who's uh, yeah. the, I think the most irreplaceable player in the Ukraine team. Yeah. He's that centre defensive midfielder who breaks up play. He sees a nice pass and starts the attacks. And it was one of those things where, in general, you don't realise how good he is until he's not in the team. And he picked up a few knocks, etc. But I think he'll be okay. I think one thing that should actually be taken into account is that just over the in recent history, whenever Ukraine have played two games at once, or you know even three, it's always quite difficult for Ukraine to play as as well or as high intensity as they did in that first game. But maybe because they've had this massive break of six months where they haven't played competitive football, that might in essence help out in a, in a way. But in that sense, slightly unpredictable. When you when you talk about having to play a match and then recover, and this is a team that's playing on the road, back to back places and difficult places to play. Hemden Park is one thing. Cardiff, I've been I've been to that stadium to watch a Community Shield, and mm. I was just in awe. And that's the Community Shield. Take it to the international level, and Wales are in town. It's a whole nother beast. We saw it when they played against Austria, but for Ukraine. There is nothing that you can compare when you have inspiration coming from something outside of football. When you're playing for something bigger than yourself, it is the greatest, single greatest unifier in this world as a human race. And I think that will be one of the things they have in their locker that they can really turn to, to to push when they get tired, to push when there's doubt, to push when there's different emotions coming up. When I look at this team, the midfield, and I'm glad we're talking about the midfield, but Malinovsky. His pass over the top for Yarmolenko, I think. Yeah, that was a beauty. Off, yeah. Oh my mm-hmm. gosh! What I mean, just what a way to announce yourself back on the international stage. He dictated tempo in that match, and I think his movement, playing as a box-to-box midfielder and coming back to help out defensively, is going to be crucial for Wales, who they're going to want to hit them on the counter. And for Ukraine, they will have a lot of the ball. It's what they do with the ball that's going to count most. Yeah, the thing I liked uh, against uh, Scotland was that they were uh, very smart from a reaction perspective. They knew that Scotland were going to be energized at the very beginning. And they just said, look, let's just weather the storm. The moment we get our moment, 
We don't need to be pretty about it. Let's just hit them. Go direct because it will like actually shock them. And to your point, Michael, that's exactly what happened in that opening goal. Now, the well side, well shot will be a little bit different, specifically if they give away any kind of set pieces. We know what a goal for Gareth Bell can do there. All right, we're going we're gonna to take a break, but uh, some fantastic stuff already uh, from the Ukrainian perspective. When we come back, we'll talk about Wales uh, as they look to make their World Cup appearance for the first time since 1958, by the way. But we'll come back uh, with a little Welsh talk and some group B chatter and much, much more. Okay, well, so we'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome back, everybody. Kigo Lasso as we look ahead to Wales hosting Ukraine. Uh, we're here with Michael LaHood and Andrew Todos as well, the British-Ukrainian journalist, to discuss this fantastic matchup with so much emotion for so many reasons. All right, we've talked Ukraine. Let's talk about Wales for a second. As I mentioned, uh, 1958 was the last time they were here, by the way. But Gareth Bell, he's been involved in five Champions League finals, a European Championship semifinal. I mean... Let's go with you first, Michael. Where does this rank among his uh, most important games of his career? Because he's had quite a few. Oh, man. This, this is the most important. It is the swan song of swan songs. It's <laughs> Yes. <laughs> you come off the Champions League. You add the fifth to your trophy cabinet in a campaign where he didn't do much of anything. It was much to do about nothing at Madrid. But as a player, you take that trophy and you celebrate it as if you scored a hat trick. Now this is all about Gareth Bale. He is, he is Wales. He is their national team. He is their talisman, their captain, and he's playing in his hometown. He is the narrative going into this match. And for Wales, the fact that he's rested, I know he's had injury problems. Well, he was definitely well-rested in the Champions League, so fatigue will not be a factor going And he didn't match. play against Poland, right, Michael? No, he yeah. Neither did Joe Allen as well. Uh, and Aaron, Aaron Ramsey. And Aaron Ramsey and as well, right. Yeah, but for, for Wales, I think the narrative is, is going to also be who are the supporting cast, and how are they going to step up? Typically in international play, each each national team has a special player, and Gareth Bale is, is such a unique talent, can single-handedly win games by himself. Looking at his resume, what he did against Austria, without Gareth Bale in that team, Austria just demolished him. Austria dominated possession. I think it was 60-something, was what's 33% possession for Wales and Austria make up the ladder, but it was what Gareth Bale provided with shots on goal. Wales outshot Austria 7-4 to four with shots on goal. That's that's how significant he is to their attack. Yeah. He's honestly, I think it was the last time uh, that he might be able to go to a World Cup. Uh, I think he's yeah. very much toning down his career. So the motivation there is, is, is next to none on top of the rest of the Wales squad to end this 
massive year, years long hoodoo. And yeah, I think they'll be certainly up for it. And whereas we saw Scotland against Ukraine, I think the of the event maybe got to them a bit and mm. a bit of the emotion. They didn't turn up. I've just got a feeling that with the way they played against Poland, of course, uh, they had half the half the starters rested. Um, they weren't really looking too too much into that game against Poland, and I don't think they're even that gutted with the result that they lost. So, full focus. Um, and yeah, Cardiff City Stadium is going to be absolutely uh, bouncing Buzzing. because yeah. I, in Hamden, for I think once the Ukraine goal went in, it went all very subdued, and the Ukraine fans were literally the loudest guys in the stadium for the majority of the game. But I think the the Welsh will continue that tempo throughout really uh very fierce yeah no absolutely all right well we've talked about gareth bell and obviously he's the key factor for wales but this is a a team with uh, 10 other players as well so who else can we be looking at here michael we've mentioned a few names uh joe allen dictates everything the welsh yeah. Pirlo, of course aaron ramsey on his day when he's ready to go as well anywhere else you're looking at uh, I'm thinking of two players. I'm thinking of who's going to play alongside Gareth Bale, Dan- Daniel James. Mm-hmm. He, he's got speed just in abundance, but it's what he does in the final third that often goes awry. In some of their biggest matches, he's kind of blundered uh, golden opportunities. And in, in matches that you don't really expect much from him, the ball bounces off his shin or his head or his neck, and it goes in the back of the net. If he shows up to play and he can contribute offensively, Wales will be very difficult to beat. But I think the most important player next to Gareth Bale in this matchup is going to be Ben Davies. On that side, that he's playing on the left side of the back three. He's going up against Yarmolenko. We've all we've already seen what Malinovsky can do with long-range passes, balls over the top, what Ukraine will do if you sit with a back five. Ukraine has already played against a back five, so they'll have great experience in how to break down a back five, a team that likes to sit off the ball and hit you on the counter. But I think Ben Davis, his 1v1 matchup against Yarmolenko, when Yarmolenko comes inside, runs in behind, and even the movement between he and Yarmachuk, I think his leadership is going to be vital. And down that, uh, I think, left wing, it's going to be Harry Wilson. And he's had a great season with Fulham, obviously got them promoted and key player for his club. And I'm sure that he'll be looking to try and um, add to that, add to the pace that's going to be coming down the wing because Ukraine have got two rather solid fullbacks. Uh, Karavayev uh, loves bombing up and down that down that right-hand side alongside Yarmolenko. So I think as long as um, Harry Wilson's going to be looking out for putting in a few crosses that maybe Bushan might not be able to deal with, uh, as we've seen against Scotland, then one to one to certainly keep an eye on. Yeah, no, very, very good call on that one. Fantastic stuff, uh, gentlemen. All right, so this should be a very good game. We've talked about key battles. we got to go here. Uh, I think I know where I... Well, I don't know. Maybe Andrew is more of a realist. I'm not sure. I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know. But let's do the predictions now. Andrew, let's begin with you. What do you think is going to happen? Heart over matter? Both? What do you think? I am going to go for a Ukraine narrow win. Uh, Mm. Some people are predicting penalties. My mate just told me earlier on that he had a dream. Uh, (laughs) Wales scored early on, then Ukraine scored in like the final minutes and it Went to penalties. He didn't actually tell me the result, but <laughs> whatever. Um, I'm I'm going to go. I think I think Ukraine struggling a bit with the with the clean sheets recently. So two one. I'm going to go for. Mm, I I like that. I'm going to stick with 
a Ukraine win. And I think it's going to be dependent on what happens in the first 20 minutes of this match. If Wales gets a goal, it is going to be a lot of pressure on Ukraine and they're going to have to dig very deep. But against a Wales team that has really been good at home in Cardiff, if Ukraine, the longer this match goes nil-nil, the pressure is all on Wales in this match. Yes, Ukraine, there, there is that just feel-good factor and the, the entire world's pulling for them outside of Wales. But I think the fact that Wales, they need to win this game, being at home, I think that's going to play on them the longer it goes nil-nil. And if they if they can frustrate the team and make it a Gareth Bales-led match with Gareth Bales trying to do everything by himself, then that bodes well for Ukraine. I'm going to go 1-0 in this match. I love it. Yeah, just like Scotland, where they knew that the longer this game went uh, and they weren't producing, the, the harder it was going to be for them. But uh, to both your points, this is Cardiff is a is a different kind of environment. This is a different type of Welsh team. It's why they're here in the first place. I like, Andrew, your friend's dream, because that's kind of where I was going, actually. I don't know if it'll be the last minute, but I do think I do think it will be tight. Be, just because both sides don't really want to risk anything during the time. I think Scotland were a little bit too emotional in the game. They wanted to just kill the game off in the first 15 minutes and they didn't pay attention, uh, you know, hence uh, the opening goal from Ukraine. I don't think Wales is going to be that ignorant. I think they're going to be more ready, a little bit tighter. I see it like kind of nil-nil maybe in the first half and then Wales will probably score in the second mm. and then Ukraine will score probably, what, with 10 minutes to go? I don't want this to go to penalties. I can't even begin to imagine. I mean, I'm going to be emotional. I can't even begin to imagine from Ukrainian fans. You have to go for a Ukrainian win. You have to. So I'm going to go for a Ukrainian win. Extra time Ukrainian win. I I hope 2-1. They score that second. We'll see. But all us three here are going with Ukraine. I'm sorry. I I got a few Welsh friends, actually. So I'm sure I'll be looking at my WhatsApp, and they're going to be very angry once they get this. All right. Let's finish off. Because the winner of this game obviously goes into Group B against the U.S. Uh, You know, obviously we have a lot of U.S. uh, fans. This is a U.S.-based platform. England, of course, after Peru. This is the country of my heart. And Iran as well. We've had uh, some great conversations as well. Our cousin in soccer, we trust. They had a great preview as well uh, regarding Iran. Not to be messed with, by the way. They're not as, uh, you know, they're not as the weakest link as you may think. So this is an interesting group. So how, you know, I guess let's begin with Ukraine. Let's say this happens. They, they make it to the World Cup, Andrew. How, how do you feel uh, the chances with this group? Ooh, it's going to be tough. Ukraine have got a bit of revenge coming up uh, against England, possibly, mm. uh, after the Euros and right. that 4-0. They've got a bit of redemption as well because they didn't really show up in that game. So hopefully they can possibly get something out of that. And also, I think the way the fixtures work out, England is the last game in the group. So England could have already qualified potentially. So works out like that. US in the opening one would be quite tough, of course. Obviously, with the whole host of young players they've got at the moment. Um, and also, I guess, the the big diaspora of Ukrainians that live in the US it will be quite an interesting game <laughs> from that perspective. So... Yeah, we'll be looking forward to that group. And Iran, I mean, it's conflicting strongest... for you, right, Andrew, yeah. as well, right? <laughs> <laughs> Iran, uh, Iran, also on top of that, uh, strong side. And yeah, I mean, conflicting, hmm, I'm more of a Ukraine fan. 
more or less 100 mm. okay so you're so good to go when, when, it, when okay. it comes i'm not going for any draws i okay. want to win and i want that revenge just don't watch it in a pub in london i guess <laughs> yeah, I won't be. <laughs> yeah oh man well I, i'm going to focus on their first match and oftentimes what you do in the world cup you don't want to lose your first match very rarely does someone who loses the first match, I mean, Spain, they defied the odds. That Spanish team was incredible, super team to go on and win the World Cup. But I think that match against the U.S. is going to be pivotal for both of those teams. I think Ukraine matches up very well against the United States. And that is a team, I would prefer Wales if I'm the United States. I'd be very concerned going up against probably a more technical Ukrainian team, a Ukrainian team that's going to break you down with passing. But what the U.S. would have over Ukraine is just that sense of athleticism. I think of Anthony Robinson, who mm. can bomb up and down. Ukraine don't really have athletes on their back line. And that that's something that could could play out in yeah, the world. Definitely Cup. compared to the US. You're right. Yeah, yeah. 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 It's it's gonna be an intriguing one. Of course, listen, we're not discounting the fact that this could be Wales here as well. So, you know, either one is gonna be an intriguing one, but it should make for a very interesting group B, regardless of what happens well this has been an absolute pleasure what a fantastic preview as we look ahead to wales against ukraine andrew todos at the end of every episode we do final thoughts anything that you wanted to bring up so i'll begin with michael because he he knows what's up and then once uh he's done you give me your final thoughts but uh this has been so great uh should be an emotional game uh on, on multiple accounts michael final thoughts buddy I just want to take a, a step back and look at the wider scope of international soccer. This is so special that we have game after game. It's like a festival of football, and it leads into this game, the big one for World Cup implications and qualification. And enjoy this. Watch as many games as you can. Watch even the friendlies, the Nations League, but it all comes down to matches. Michael, like this we're going to get divorced if we do that. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I, I purposely didn't say one match in particular. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> Andrew, final thoughts, buddy. <laughs> no, I, I think that it's going to be a very emotionally charged match, even more so than Scotland. Yes, the Scotland game was like the first game of the year, you could say, since the invasion began. But this is where it's riding on. Ukraine have actually got a very poor record in playoff finals or playoff mm. matches in general. Um, I think every single one in the World Cup, they've never won. But... The win against Scotland was the first ever playoff win that they won away. So it's a good yeah. record to start. Hopefully they can get two and two and reach the World Cup for, for the country. As Zinchenko, Malinovsky and the likes have already said, this is something bigger than football, really. If Ukraine make it, then they can, in front of that one billion plus uh, audience, can ensure that Ukraine is staying relevant for, you know, it, at least in the sporting sphere and can, you know, hark back to what's happening in the country for another six months, at least minimum. And then everyone can realise what's what's happening in the situation once it kicks off all in Qatar in November. Well said, my friend. I won't even add a final thought. I think that's a great way to end it. Michael LaHood, always a pleasure at Mike LaHood. Make sure to follow him, part of our Kego Lasso family. Andrew, I really hope this isn't the last time you're here. You were absolutely fantastic. Uh, for everybody listening, by the way, while we're chatting, we always, uh, in the background, uh, we're chatting our producers. Okay, you jump in, you jump in. Every time we have a guest, they mess up. Guess what? Andrew, you win the gold medal for never messing up. You're an absolute professional. Thank you so much, buddy, and good luck to your Ukraine on Sunday against Wales. Andrew, thank you so much. 
thank you very much for having me um looking forward to hopefully coming back if ukraine make it but um yeah oh it's gonna be it's gonna be a tough one that's for sure and um yeah very much excited for it well let's hope that you dream just like your friend and then uh, you win in the most emotional of fashions mike lahu thank you buddy always a pleasure mike Ah, man, you're very welcome. Thank you for having me on the show. And Andrew, great to meet you. I'm sure this will be the first of many. And geez, I'm just going to follow you just to see just what's the pint intake should Ukraine win? (laughs) You might break the Guinness Book of World Records. I'll be having a pint thinking of you. Uh, well, I don't know, Michael. Uh, Peru still has to play later. On. I mean, <laughs> we, we, we do pretty well. You, right. might, you might, hey, you might, if, if Peru do the business, which I, I'm actually pulling for them, but if Peru do the business, you might come in second after LME. <laughs> well, I, I will give it to Ukraine because they freaking yeah. deserve it. Thank you, everybody. Pod on Twitter, youtube.com forward slash Golasso. Don't forget as well on CBS Sports and your CBS Sports app. We got plenty more. By the way, on Sunday, because this is now our sort of post-seasonal campaign, we don't do weekend recaps anymore. But uh, on Sunday after this game in Soccer We Trust, our cousins in Soccer We Trust, they'll have some good thoughts uh, regarding after this game. And uh, we'll, it'll be on our feed as well. And then next week, we begin more uh, World Cup chatter, just like Mike was saying. A lot of international matches to watch. Fabrizio Romano as well. So much more. Kigo Lasso, have a fantastic weekend, and we will see you next time. Until then. You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app.